there's no deep voice to uh, introduce us this time, but this is Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. Yeah, this is the voice of Tanner Hayworth filling in for Josh Pacheco. I am alongside Hunter Hughes. Hunter, it's been a long time since we've done the show together. Yes, have sir, you, man. How have you been doing? Dude, I'm doing good. How are you? I'm I'm living. Living my life, you know, still, still living. Living La Vida Loco? I, I'm living La Vida Loca, personally. Oh, Loca. Good, yeah, good, good. Yeah. I'm still living off, like, those, like, vacation vibes from a couple of weeks ago. Tell the folks uh, where you went. Where I was in Japan for 10 days. There you go. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. Got to refresh. And luckily, there's been a lot of sports to talk about, whether it was, like, we're not going to talk about the finals, obviously. That happened two weeks ago. I got a question about Japan real quick. Go for it. How many days, first of all, were you there? I was there for eight days, but it was like a 10-day vacation. How many of those 10 days did you wear your Otani jersey? Uh, three. We had Solid washing 30%. machines. We, had, we did have washing machines and dryers, so it was a, it wasn't wearing anything, you know, dirty. I get it. Yeah, to make sure. Do you uh, get any compliments? Anybody? I had people in Japan following me around, and I could hear them behind me go, "Oh, Otani-san! Otani-san! Otani-san!" Yes. I'm like like, kind of like laughing, giggling. I'm like, they're talking about me because I'm wearing his jersey. I also had that at an Ichiro jersey, the uh, Seattle one. So I was trying to rock, you know, as much as as I possibly could. But it was just missing Hideki. I wanted. But I, there were two jerseys that, uh, sorry about that. You're good. There were two jerseys that, if I did, these are two jerseys I want absolutely, and they're both Boston jerseys. My team, Dice K. I need a Dice K Matsuzaka Dice jersey. Dice K was the other one I was when thinking I was, about. When I was a kid growing up. Oh yeah, like he was my baseball goat. Oh totally with like, the gyro. Yeah, the gyro ball. The gyro I was, ball. I was a Manoa Red Sox kid, so I was all into. I think it was him. Uh, of course, Big Poppy, Pedroia, yep. Manny Ramirez. Ah, oh, missed that team. But um, yeah, I wanted a Daisuke Matsuzaka and probably a uh, Masataka Yoshida uh, jersey. He's mm. our our new quote unquote rookie. Don't call him a rookie though. He hates that because uh-huh. he's twenty nine gotcha. and he's been playing for a couple years now. But he's in line to win that award too. But enough about Japan. I kind of hinted at there. We were supposed to in our opener, uh, which did not make it, unfortunately. <laughs> there was a topic that I did want to bring up immediately. Um, if you don't remember, there was a player a couple of months ago, Alabama star Brandon Miller. Uh, if you remember, the last part of his career at Alabama was kind of shaded in controversy where he was kind of involved in a murder case. I believe that was Darius Miles, yep. also of Alabama, where he was like the deliverer of the gun that Darius Miles used. And there's a whole lot of controversy. Brandon Miller w- did never got convicted of a crime. Yep. Uh, but a lot of stuff kind of came down after his coach said, "Oh, he was in the wrong place at the wrong time." Uh, a lot of fans, a lot of fans being like super happy, you know, cheering him on and all that stuff. Where I believe the rest of the country was like, "Well, we probably shouldn't be bringing up this kid because of the stuff that he's done." But I also don't really put a lot of the post him returning on Brandon Miller. I must have put that on the Alabama head coach mm. uh, just for his. Uh, wise words, to put it in sarcastic terms. But he's back in the news today because, as we all know, tomorrow is the NBA draft. We mm-hmm. will be having coverage of that draft tomorrow on ESPN Honolulu. Um, but Brandon Miller was asked a question uh, about goat talk, you know, because he was wearing red and black, and the reporter, I guess, couldn't think of a 
question and started talking about Michael Jordan yeah. and the GOAT talk between him and LeBron. And Brandon Miller came out with a really insane statement where he said, oh, you know, growing up, a lot of people might think that, you know, LeBron is, you know, kind of like the GOAT of our generation. Nah, you know, because growing up, personally, my GOAT is Paul George. And after he said that, there was just like a little bit of silence in the room. And you can hear the reporter go, um, uh, and then he continues to his next question and doesn't question at all what Brandon Miller just said when he just says straight up, out of nowhere, my goat is Paul George. I mean, I need to know, what's your thought about that statement? Um... Where, where to begin? Wow, I'm I'm literally. I mean, looking, it's not like Paul yeah. George is a bad player. All respect to Paul George. Um, he's definitely one of the better players of the generation. But I think that's still steep. It's really steep. I mean, especially better when, players of this past generation is steep. I mean, he's not even the goat of like the Indiana Pacers. No. <laughs> Reggie, um, I just looked it up. Uh, he has eight All-Stars, and he's been a four-time member of uh, the All-Defensive team during his his career. Um, Maybe Mr. Miller, you know, misspoke. Maybe he was saying he preferred his game right. more than anyone. And I... What's and I, that's what I kind of wanted to say mostly out of all of this is that in defense of Brandon Miller, the only time you'll ever hear me say that, mm. uh, especially with all of his past stuff going on, yeah, I just think he meant that to him, the player he looks up to the most is Paul George or his favorite, and his yeah. And sometimes I think, especially in the younger generations, a reminder: Brandon Miller is younger than me. And that makes me feel a little weird because usually I make people feel weird when I tell them my age. He's a one-and-done guy from Alabama, right? So he's 20 years old, and a younger generation, we like to just straight up say some – we like to use the most – what's the word? of Outrageous adjectives to describe anything. Generational. This is where I wanted the convo to eventually go to. Right. We are so quick in today's society (laughs) – with words like goat, greatest of all time. Josh and I were talking about about this the other day. They changed the game. I think that is right underneath greatest of all time. Generational. Generational talent. Like that's another really good one. <laughs> um Carl Anthony Towns, I'm gonna change it on you just a little bit. True. Last week was on a podcast. <laughs> the Pat Bev podcast. Right? On his like speaking <laughs> on his own behalf, by the way, saying when it's all said and done and I hang up the shoes, they will go down and say that I changed the game. Bro, <laughs> come on. It, it, you know what? Way. It's also right up there with um, your boy, Tatum, in the in the, uh, the playoff run, who quote-unquote humbly said that he's one of the best players in the world. And then got bounced from the East by the by the Miami Heat. The, well, the Miami Heat also bounced the number one seed. I don't care. <laughs> you don't hear Giannis not. Uh, you don't hear Giannis saying stupid stuff like that. He says his own kind of stupid stuff, but not like that. I do agree. Um, there 
I do agree. I think a lot of people got to chill out a little bit. I think, though, when you're Tatum or Cat, you obviously do need to be out there no. playing with that attitude of, no. I'm the greatest. Okay, sure. You can play but like that. But you can't say no, that stuff. Because when you say that, that says one thing to me. Insecurity. Right. You are looking for praise. You are looking for applause that you yourself don't feel like you are getting. You know how you get that applause? You go out there and win. You don't get booed out by your home court. You don't <laughs> after you go down 3-0. Oh my goodness. The the inconsistency from him for him to, you know, go go on top of that and say right. humbly I'm one of the best in the world is stupid. But back to back to Miller for a second. I I truly believe he misspoke. Right. This is probably one of the, the, the first and, and most intense times that he's ever been in front of the media. We we see it with NFL draft too. Uh top ten guys get put on you know, in the spotlight and they've never talked about um themselves at, at that level before and um I mean, come on, dude. You're gonna put Paul George as your greatest of all time. <laughs> no Jordan, no LeBron, no Kobe. No Larry, no Magic, no Kareem, no Bill Russell. Do I go f- for? You could list the I could entire list- top seventy-five. Was w- was he in the seventy-five? No. Oh my gosh! The- well, yeah. he shouldn't be. There are so many other players that I probably deserve to be totally in that top seventy-five. That's that's a great point. He wasn't even in this top seventy-five. Right. Is he is he a long lost relative? Is he a long-lost relative of Paul George? <laughs> right. I mean, for all we know, he's just trying to get on Paul George's podcast. I think that's what's going on here. I think <laughs> – or even that he's trying to get with, like, Paul George's agent or something like that. Wow. I just don't know what else he could possibly be trying to do. But, look, as a 20-year-old, you're trying to base your game off of someone. I wouldn't – really blame you to say that yeah the player that i look up to the most he's my goat my goat is paul george much like if when i was growing up and i was watching the nba a lot in the 2010s i think i would say yeah my goat right now is like damian lillard because he's my favorite guy but i think much to like how what you were saying it's just change what you said. Change you what you said. You don't need to say greatest of all time. My favorite just growing say, up was Paul George. That's player, all you got to say. The player who I base my game off the most is Paul George. Yep. And boom. Then we won't have this whole conversation going Paul on. Paul George had one solid playoff performance where they took uh, LeBron deep. Right. And he had that awesome 360 windmill in game. But outside of that, that's it. Well, I'm... To be fair, the Clippers run he had a couple of years ago without Kawhi when they made it all the way to the Western Conference Finals, yeah. and then they lost because he had COVID. And that was against the Suns. Yeah, so I'll, I'll 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 say for that I'll also add that to his resume respectfully. Yeah, but he wasn't there. But he Paul had COVID. George. But Paul George. Uh, sorry, man. You're just no. you're not him. Unfortunately, no. um, there are 75 other hymns before you. True. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can call us at 808-296-1420 or text us on the Zephyr Insurance text line at that same number. Hey, who's your personal goat? Who's the guy whose name that you'll proclaim out there to make everyone on NBA Twitter really mad about what you just said? That's Is right. there a guy that you'll whose name you'll put out there, put your reputation on the line? Text us or call us. I mean, 
Be like, ready for the smoke if you're not ready. Exactly. I mean, like, I'm, I'll am i be the one to say it. I'd put Damian Lillard out there. i put Damian Lillard above Paul George if, oh, I, yeah. had, Come on. if I had any choice. <laughs> Maybe that's the question. Who would you put above Paul George there we in go. a goat That's ladder? a better question. Because <laughs> I think comfortably, obviously, you could say a lot of the greatest players of all time. Challenge yourself. Find a current player. Here we go. I, I'll, like I'll a, throw like, some. Like a Damian Lillard. You and I always, always have fun with... I'm a little bit older than you. Like, I wouldn't say I'm old school, you're new school, right, right. but in some ways, like, I have a little bit more. The transition. Yeah, that, that's right. <laughs> All right, so we're, I'm going to throw out some names for you. Do you want them or Paul George? Okay. <laughs> and this is Paul George right now. Sure. Or Just or career. Want, or do you want peak Overall Paul career, peak, Got however it. you want it. Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan. Okay. Tim Duncan, Game by over. the way, is like a – Top five player of Absolutely. all time. Absolutely. But no one's ready for that conversation. Here we go. I'm, it's going to be a little trickier. Barkley. Barkley. I agree. Easy. A little trickier. Stockton. Oof. I'll do Stockton. I he was going to Stockton defense. as well. Another pacer. Reggie Miller. Reggie. As soon as you said another pacer, I knew who you were going to say. Game over. It's easy stuff. Easy work. I'll, we'll, we'll keep it in uh, guard land because he's a guard. Let's see. Hmm. Trying to think of like that level. Uh Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi. I agree. I had to think about it. I would agree. Are we saying like Kawhi at peak or Kawhi career? Because I think those are two different answers. Actually, not really. Because even in Kawhi's like most injured times, he Ka- still wanted NBA finals. Kawhi has a ring. Yeah. Also, though, that finals win was also against a no KD, no Clay Thompson, Golden State Warriors team. I might take any of the 96 Bulls starting five over Paul George. Any of them. I'm trying to remember who the starting five is other than Scotty and uh and Michael. Scotty and Michael. I'm taking Rodman over him. Sure. I'm taking Ron Harper over him. Sure. Luke Longley's probably a stretch. I might take Paul George over Luke Longley. I'd also I this is like mostly disrespect on my part. I just don't know much about Roman Harper's game. Yeah, I do know he was very vital for that phenomenal for, defensive phenomenal. D- defensive guy. And that's the thing, Paul George. He's a great defender. Ooh, too. here we go, Steve Kerr. Paul George. <laughs> there we go. All right, we found one. We found one. Okay, Steve Kerr is a coach or Paul George. I don't know. I might have to say Paul George is a oh, player. Oh my god! Look, hey, Steve Kerr. They beat LeBron when he had nobody, and then they beat LeBron when they had KD. Okay. Like, like I just golden... got to be the one to say it. Uh, obviously, Steph is a is a dumb question. Yeah. Clay. Clay. Me too. Draymond. I'll do Draymond because I just I think, think I would I think too. Just defensively. Yep. He as great as 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 how much better Paul George is offensively. Draymond, I think, is still that much better than him defensively, despite Paul George being a great defensive player. Well, based off of what we're talking about, he might not even be top 20 from like the last 10 years. I think I could still throw in, throw him in top 20. I just think because I'm thinking of career-wise. If I'm thinking right now, I think there's still a lot of players I would definitely put Paul George over. I'd take Paul George right now over Clay to, and, Dr- and Draymond. I'm going to try to find 20 for you, okay? LeBron. I can do it right now. LeBron, Kobe. Oh, you're talking about all time. Well, like no, last 10 years. If they were oh, playing within the last 10 years. years. Yeah, last 10 years. Kobe in the last 10 years. So that would have been his last three seasons. 
Yes. In the NBA? Absolutely. I'm taking Kobe over Paul George. Yeah, but Kobe was like hurt for like two I don't of care. the three of he those years. He can still go out and get 60. Yeah, when the entire – I look, I love Kobe – in his last three years okay. of his career, we're, we're, we're I'm going down. Paul a, okay, we're going down a path. Okay, <laughs> Kyrie. Yeah. Um, let's go Durant, Steph, Westbrook, Steph. That's five. Um, I'd take Harden. Harden, absolutely, I would. Damian Lillard, Dwayne Wade, Wade, Chris Bosh, Bosh, Vince Carter, Carter, T Mac, uh, T Mac, T Mac was on his way yeah, out. He was on but his that's way ten out there. right there. Let's do another ten. Um, <laughs> Tim Duncan. Did we say Duncan, definitely. Joel Embiid. Embiid. Jokic. Jokic. Uh, Luka. Doncic. Um, I'm just trying to think of names. Did we say Kawhi already? I don't think so. Kawhi is up there. I put Tony Parker and Manu there, too. There we go. Uh, can we think of three more off the top of the dome? Jimmy Butler. We said Giannis? Giannis. Oh, <laughs> Guaranteed. What's another one? We just need one more off the top of our heads right now. Um, I, I will Derek say Rose. I, okay, I'll say Derek Rose, but I was going to say DeMarcus Cousins. I think Cut, I would say Yeah. Boom, 20. There we go. There's got- there's 20 ahead of him <laughs> just in the last 10 years. If you love this Paul George discourse, go ahead and let us know. Uh, this is uh, Tanner Hayworth in for Josh Pacheco uh, with Hunter Hughes on <laughs> Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. We'll have a little bit more NBA talk, a lot of the trade stuff going on, as well as more talk about a lot of the new Hoy football recruits, just general reactions over what's – Looking to be a bright future for Hawaii football. This is Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. Tanner Hayworth and Hunter Hughes on ESPN Honolulu. NBA draft is tomorrow. That kind of happened a lot, a lot quicker than I thought it was going to be uh, dropping on us there. But along with a lot of the blockbuster trades that are going to be happening, and don't worry, we will be talking about the big one that a lot of people are talking about involving the boss and Celtics, the Wizards, and the Clippers. We'll be talking about that a little bit later. But right now, let's just talk about the NBA draft and kind of like the headliner, kind of like the only reason why people know about this draft is going on the eventual number one overall pick, Victor Wembanyama. Now, there's a lot of different directions I think we can go in this. When I look at the San Antonio Spurs right now, I don't think there's another team in the NBA, probably other than the Washington Wizards, that just need a player like him. Not Mm. only just for the team, not only for the franchise, but just for the general area. Because San Antonio... What about the Rockets? Well, the they have... They have a lot of stuff going on for them. They okay. got Ime Udoka. They got three star the star players that I think they could start building around with Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, and Alpern and Sangoon. I think there's a lot of stuff going on there, but I think San Antonio just in general just needs help. Can you name one player on the no. San Antonio Spurs? No. Popovich. Right. And like other <laughs> than Pop, nothing much is really happening over there. So to get a guy like Wemben Yama, and sure, they're not going to go straight to the playoffs next year. I don't think anyone's really asking that of Popovich. But I think as the years go on, he needed another Tim Duncan. Mm. And I think these last couple of years without a Tim Duncan, without the Kawhi Leonard, the replacement that was supposed to be there, yeah, I think that has actually shaped the San Antonio Spurs franchise 
to be ready for another star in the making to be coming in because you've got cap space. You've got roster spots to fill. And I think there are enough veterans out there that you can bring in kind of just really quickly to make those really quick um, runs to get at least into the first round to get through the plan. But I think as the years go on, there is a blueprint out there that they have to get back to the NBA championships surrounded by Victor Weminyama. Yeah, I mean, they are basically going to be staking the future of their franchise on him. I don't know if you heard, but they're bringing Tim Duncan back to be kind of his direct um, mentor, direct coach, uh, overseer. Because Tim, I think, was one of their last number one overall picks. Uh, Yeah, he was the last. Yeah, was the last one back in '97. So um, it's kind of a kind of a fun little symmetry right there with this guy having kind of similar skill sets to to Tim Duncan. Obviously, well, the three point shooting probably not there, but. but I mean, he's a big man that can shoot and, you know, can work work it down in the post as, you know, as well as go out deep. Um, I've got a different slant on this, and it's more on the nickname side. Right. Okay? You look at his initials, right? V-W. Okay? Hang with me. The Bogue. Okay? <laughs> French for the bug. V-W bug. And he's from France. And it kind of sounds like Vogue. There you go. So the, he can also get like a Vogue sponsorship. There you go. The Vogue. The, the Vogue Bogue. Or what about the Stick Bug? <laughs> I don't think anyone out there wants to be known as the Stick Bug. Stick Bug. Hey, yo, what's up, Stick Bug? That's <laughs> <laughs> that, almost got like R&B <laughs> vibes to it. Um, I like to think about incoming guys like that that are going to be superstars. Right what they're going to, you know, what sort of nickname are are going to be given to him. I remember I was having a conversation about this fairly recently. It's really hard to find a nickname for this guy that isn't just Wemby. Because I think a lot of people started calling him that back last year when they were having those showcase games. And, like, nothing else really seems to stick. I think the next closest thing is probably, like, the alien, because everyone seems to call him that when you're describing him. Mm. But, like... That just feels way too, like, vague. You know what I mean? Because I think everyone who's had a nickname really just makes it their own. I think, you know, Magic. Mm. The Iceman. How about the Bonjour Bug? (laughs) I really like the bug idea with VW. I like that, too. I feel like he either needs a Vogue or a VW um, sponsorship. VW sounds like... I mean, like... And it works a the no best brainer. with the VW bug. Totally. Because he's huge. He's huge. And it's funny. Yeah. And Imagine if you can, the commercial. If you can fit him <laughs> in that, like anybody can fit in there. Right. I think that's, I think there's a lot of good sponsorship opportunities waiting for Victor Wembenyama for sure. Especially what? Right as soon as he stands up on that podium, it's going to be very funny. As long as he doesn't have to throw to out a first pitch again. Well, his issue is his hands are just so big. I can't imagine him comfortably throwing a baseball. Like, did you see the photo of him holding the ball? Yeah. Like, just entirely just covering the ball with his fingers? It'd be like us holding you, a ping pong ball. Like, how do you throw a ball like that, like, that far? I, I just don't understand how, like, 
Anat- I'm not anatomically no. how you're supposed to do that. You know what? If he's supposed to be this world-class shooter. He's used to the ball I don't that care. stretches out his head. I don't care. <laughs> if you're going to be a world-class shooter and you miss home plate that badly. He probably catches tennis balls with two fingers. That's I've got right. questions. He could probably throw a mean like two-seamer maybe. Because <laughs> his two fingers just cover the entire ball. But we'll be talking a lot more NBA here. We got Sports Center coming up next, and I just want to make sure everyone knows if you mention ESPN Honolulu, you can get the 750 special at the Pagoda Restaurant, now located in the International Ballroom. Two eggs, Portuguese sausage, and rice or toast, or choose pancakes, waffles, sweet bread, French toast, or omelets Monday through Friday, 7 11 a.m., weekends till noon. For details and the menu, visit pagodahawaii.com. Off the bench on ESPN, Honolulu, uh, we got a lot of NBA draft talk going on. Uh, Tanner Hayworth alongside Hunter Hughes. Uh, if you don't recognize the voice, it's because Josh Pacheco is going to be down at Growlers Hawaii doing the really big road show. A really crazy show because not only do you have brand new athletic director Craig Angelus down there, you also have former head coach June Jones. Mm. So there's definitely find a way to make your way down there uh, if you can't. Find your way down to Kapahulu. Uh, we will be airing it here. That's going to be from 5 to 7 p.m. We got you covered. Right after we're done. Uh, we were talking a little bit of the NBA draft. The actual draft itself, uh, more specifically one guy. But if you aren't into the actual draft itself, what comes to the NBA draft are the trades. Mm. And there's usually something crazy that happens. And right now, uh, according to all of the NBA insiders, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, Shams Charania, they all got it. But um, there's a big three-team trade, three-team trade, sorry, uh, being discussed right now between the Boston Celtics, the Los Angeles Clippers, and the Washington Wizards, where in the end, the Boston Celtics will receive Kristaps Porzingis, the Clippers would receive Malcolm Brogdon, and the Wizards would receive Marcus Morris, a couple of players, and the 30th overall pick. Now, this is still being discussed. There's not official. There's a lot of stuff to break down because uh, Porzingis would still have to accept his $36 million player option. So there's definitely a lot of contracts that you do have to move around. I believe there's just a couple of players from the Clippers and Danilo Gallinari on the Boston Celtics that are also still being discussed. But... When you hear those three players, Kristaps to Boston, Malcolm Brogdon, just one sixth man of the year, goes from the Pacers to the Celtics. Now he's going to the Clippers, and the Wizards get like chump change. I mean, what's your what are you seeing out of this? I mean, who's the big winner out of this? Chris Paul. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Bradley no. Beal. <laughs> yeah, Bradley Beal. Um, to be honest, Tanner, it's a lot to digest. Uh, first of all, when I saw the headline, I'm like, oh, yeah, Christoph Persingas, he's still around. <laughs> he still uh, exists in the NBA. Yeah, he's out of the Luka bubble. But yeah. then, unfortunately, fell into the the worst bubble you could possibly fall into, I, being on the Washington Wizards. Yeah, you know, and <laughs> I think the Celtics landing him, they're the big winner in this. They were just in the Eastern Conference Finals, and... With a you know a cold Al Horford and a lackluster performance from Jason Tatum 
and Jalen Brown. You're a Celtics fan. Uh, there was so much pressure put on on White towards the end of that series. And Brogdon before he got hurt. And Brogdon. That they are needing big-time buckets and production to come from somebody else, and they might have found it here. And I'll say this. When this deal was first leaked, I hated it. I am not a Kristaps Porzingis fan. Mm. I have never been a fan of his game that much, and I've only grown more, more, more disgust, uh, especially when he was on the Mavericks because he was this big guy. He's like 7'2", and he just kind of refuses to play in the paint at some points. And it's like, come on, bro. You're seven foot. Get in the paint. I know you like your mid-range. I know you love your three-pointers, and that's what made you so popular, but we need you down there. And... As the days gone on, I've done a little more research and watched a little more stuff of what he's been doing in Washington. Look, he's coming off the best year of his career, uh, being the only guy to be being one of the only guys to be playing in Washington because I believe it's him and Kuzma that were both pretty much scoring a lot the last year in Washington. But I think, like he said, I agree with you entirely. You needed someone to be there when Jason Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown weren't hitting their shots. Because yeah. after that, then you're hoping for what? Al Horford, Derek White, or Marcus Smart, Smart. to be there offensively. And that is too much to put on their table because they're out there to either distribute and play defense or just play defense and get rebounds. Yep. So, And unfortunately, Al Horford's only getting older. I love Al. I was so happy when Al came back. But... If I had the choice next season, if I had to pick a starting lineup, I mean, you could still do your two-center lineups that you love to do, Joe Missoula. You could just go Marcus, Jalen, Jason, Kristaps, Robert Williams, which would be kind of insane defensively. Mm. It's kind of what I would view as like a better version of the like Timberwolves uh, cat, Rudy Gobert backcourt tandem. Because I just think that... Uh, Robert Williams, as a defensive guy, as your center, just provides a lot more flexibility defensively than Rudy Gobert. And Kristaps Porzingis and Cat kind of play very similar games uh, in the post, where they're a little bit weak in the post, but they can both shoot the three, can both you know pull the guys out. So I like this trade for the Boston Celtics a lot. I do agree with you there. And after that, it's just a lot of question marks. Like the hmm. L.A. Clippers. You get Brogdon. Okay. Now what? Because what? You have these whole questions of, oh, are we going to break up Paul George and Kawhi Leonard? Yeah. Because that's a whole other conversation that we can now stem off of Paul George in this segment, uh, whether or not that pair is going to break up. And they also have the question of whether or not they want to re-sign Russell Westbrook. Mm. So the L.A. Clippers right now, after what seemed like their – best time to kind of take over the spotlight in LA they've now suddenly imploded I mean and so their answer to that is okay we got to find a way to kind of build up this team again besides and a new stadium besides right? a new yeah besides a new arena and I don't know if Malcolm Brogdon is the first step to making it better in LA mm. at least for the Clippers <clears throat> yeah I I, I couldn't agree with you anymore. It it seems like the Clippers have kind of been on a downward trajectory ever since the Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, 
DeAndre Jordan and Jamal Crawford teams with uh, Doc Rivers yeah. at the helm, actually, where there there was never more hyper expectation for the Clippers than that that era, and I feel like they've just steadily been losing altitude. Right. And you think I think, and it came right back up when you got Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Unfortunately, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George both refused to stay healthy. And I think when you were watching the first round of the playoffs this year, where Kawhi Leonard in the first game was just popping off and they win game one, you're like, can the Clippers do this? Mm. Can they make a run here against these Phoenix Suns? And then Kawhi Leonard goes down with an injury, and then you never see him again, and then there go the Clippers. Yeah. Uh, in much like how you would expect it to go. Now, I don't think we're going to focus too much on the Washington Wizards here because who wants to? Uh, I know Washington Wizards fans don't want to focus on the Washington Wizards because they just got rid of Bradley Beal, Kristaps Porzingis, and most likely Kyle Kuzma. Yeah. Um, I think next year, if something doesn't happen with these Wizards, this could be like a... Uh, process 76ers or a Charlotte Bobcats kind of season for the Washington Wizards next year. Because other than those guys, who else is there? Mm. <laughs> because I think other than like, I can only name Denny Edvia, who like, even if you watch the NBA, I know you're in your car screaming, who? Yeah. So if you're the Wizards if or if you're a Wizards fan, do you pull like an Oakland Athletics kind of thing here, and you're just like boycott the boycott this until we get better, or just don't go? Because mm. what's the point? You're not going to have fun. What mm. possible fun could you have going to a Washington Wizards game next year? Man, yeah, I mean, other than kind of like a celebratory, you know, career for Chris Paul, kind of a... Well, is Chris Paul even going to stay there? Yeah, I don't know. Because there's also the rumors of him wanting a buyout or them wanting to buy out Chris Paul. I think he's going to end up on the Lakers. Not the Clippers? No. He will... He'll join up with LeBron. Have a little bit of a banana boat? Yep. (laughs) LeBron will finally have his banana boat, but, like, all separate. Different, he's different had, like, times. Because he's had the Braun and D Wade. You had the Braun and Mello. Now we'll finally have the Braun and Chris, Chris Paul, Paul trade uh, finally set up. Now, if you don't know what we're talking about, by, by the way, just go on Google. Do yourself a, a favor. <laughs> Google images LeBron James banana boat. That's a, that's a good time. Now there was another trade that actually happened. That there was a trade that actually happened today, which I think is kind of a low key, really great trade. Where the Denver Nuggets, they traded their 40th overall pick this year and a first rounder next year to the Pacers for picks 29 and 32. Mm. So what that means is the Denver Nuggets this season for this draft, mind you, for tomorrow, will have 29, 32, and 37. Now, why I think this is actually a really great draft or draft really great trade is because uh, earlier today. There was the news that Bruce Brown, uh, one of their big bench uh, players from their finals run, declined his player option because at most he was probably going to get like $7 million. Yeah. And I think everyone, including Denver Nuggets fans, can agree that Bruce Brown deserves way more than $7 million and a one-year contract for next season. Yeah. So when I look at the Nuggets 
and you look at their draft history. Uh, last year, they drafted Christian Brown out of Kansas at 21. Uh, he was big for that team. Uh, there was this player. I don't know if you've heard of him. They drafted him at number 41 overall. Uh, Nikola Jokic or something like <laughs> nice. that. Uh, yeah, he wanted MVP that was or something like that. Way. Yeah, the joke was that I was trying to say it wrong. Nice. Uh, so thank you for everyone out there. That is how you say it wrong. Yeah. Wink, wink to people out there. <laughs> um, but yeah, why I really like this trade is not only do you have a first round pick with the 29th overall pick, you also got 32 and 37. You can patch up a hole pretty easily that was left by Bruce Brown, in my opinion. Not to say that Bruce Brown is that bad of a player that you can be patched up by a 32 or 29 or a 37. But, but I think he was I, coming off the bench. He was coming off the bench, and he was really great off the bench. Uh, of course, we're off the bench. That's right. On ESPN Very good. Uh, but, <laughs> but I think I have faith in the Nuggets franchise that they know how to draft. They've shown it in the history. Like, sure, what's it called? In the draft that they draft Jokic, they draft Nurkic and Gary Harris, who both of them were very vital to the uh, success of the Denver Nuggets when they were yeah. the 14th and 20-somethingth pick in that same draft. But I think it shows that the Nuggets, they know what to do right. They mm-hmm. build from within. Because you can always get your big free agent target. You can always get your big franchise acquisition from the trade. You can you can totally pay Kyle Kuzma $35 million a year. You can totally trade for Bradley Beal or Kevin Durant and trade all of your first-round picks for the rest of this decade. Or you can recruit... You can go out there and scout, yeah. and with the 41st overall pick, you can get your franchise player, and you're all set for life. So I think the Nuggets know what they're doing here, and I can put full trust in them that they'll find their replacement for him. And besides, they probably have enough pull to find a veteran uh, with that uh, veteran's minimum yeah. or that a mid-level exception that they can use to find a veteran to fill that hole very easily. Probably right. So I... I think I've been one to say that, like, I don't think the Nuggets can repeat next year just because of the uh, run that they did have. But I think if they hit it off in this free agency that starts, I believe, on the 1st. I can't remember what day exactly NBA free agency starts. But if they pull it off in the draft and they sign a few guys here and there, I mean, they're in line to keep up being one of the top teams of the West and to be viable for that NBA championship for years to come, not even just next year. I mean, I I think that they're the team of right now, and it's up to whoever else who wants to come and dethrone them because they're the strongest team in basketball right now, and if they're getting a first-round pick, they're going to get even stronger. Right, and that's going to be what we're going to be watching for for years to come. Now, I want to lay down a quick little M-Dire scoreboard uh, brought to you by M-Dire Global, always on the move. A lot of baseball going on. Right now, we're watching a little bit of the Men's College World Series where the pinch runner for uh, LSU is having a very fine conversation with his first base coach. Very great head of hair, by the way, for him. Oh, yeah. Uh, Wake Forest is down 5-2 to two in the bottom of the 8th with LSU having two runners on base as LSU, I think, is that looks to eliminate Wake Forest? Or one more game after that. I'm uh, not, I'm, LSU's a one-loss team already. Right. And Wake is 2-0. and So LSU's facing elimination tonight. Okay. Uh, Wake can't afford to give tonight up, which is why 
uh, the players aren't exactly panicking yet, being no. down 5-2 in bottom eight. Got it. Thank you very much, Hunter. Yep. Uh, and the MLB, a lot of scores to go over. The Blue Jays take down the Miami Marlins 6-3. I also bring that up because in that game, Luis Arias goes 2-for-5, so I think that actually drops him uh, below 400. Oh. I think it keeps him at 398, somewhere around there, in his quest for to end the year with a 400. That's um, so hard to Better. do well i mean the last guy to the last two guys to do it were like ted williams and Artie wilson senior had to drop that little nugget there nice uh in another game the reds take down the colorado rockies five to three in their 11th straight victory as they now lead the nl central uh the first games that are just going on now in the top of the eighth the red Sox are down three to four against the twins in the top of the ninth the athletics are looking to tie it up or at least win it against the cleveland guardians six to seven the rangers are up on the white Sox six to two and two games have just started. The Dodgers and the Angels are in the bottom of the first, tied at nothing. And I believe going on on CBS 1500 right now, the San Diego Padres and the Giants are taking on each other as they're in the top of the first. That has been an amazing series for the San Francisco Giants. It has. As they are on their own little, I think, nine-game hot uh, winning streak going they are. on. I thought Josh uh, wasn't here today, but I guess another Giants fan is. Well, so. I feel... I. Well, we we carry their games. I'm sure a lot of people want to hear a lot about it. Uh, That has been our Empire Global scoreboard, brought to you by Empire Global, always on the move. We'll be right back after this break. This is Off the Bench. This is Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. 92.7 92.7 FM and 14.20 AM. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can go ahead call us at 808-296-1420. You can also text us at that very same number. Now, we've been talking a lot about the NBA draft, the trades, the players. I think we can kind of jump to the other side of the draft, and that's college basketball. And I know this is something that you wanted to talk about today, Hunter, and that is about one penny hardaway. Yes. Now, if you didn't know, Penny Hardaway, former Magic superstar, back yep. with Shaq, uh, he's been the head coach of the Memphis men's college basketball team for the last couple of years, and he's already kind of been in some hot water with the NCAA for housing a couple of uh, players for for his basketball team when they were being recruited, including James Wiseman, who was once you know the number one player, number one recruit. Uh, when he was being recruited. So he had to face some suspension for that, some fines. It's been revealed today that Penny Hardaway has been suspended for the first three games of the regular season due to another recruiting violation. Now, this isn't for housing anyone. It's kind of more for a slightly dumber reason. Oh, man. I think we can both agree with that. (laughs) Absolutely. For for those listening... uh, I guess there's an NCAA regulation that says you as a team or as a school can only meet with a, uh, a prospect who you are trying to recruit to come to your school. You can only meet with them in their home one time. And so Memphis. It's it's that you can't visit a prospect. If they're a junior, you cannot visit them in their home. Oh, my gosh. So you can only visit with a high school junior 
on school property. So the issue was not only did an assistant coach from the Memphis program visit uh, that recruit uh, in 2021, uh, he visited that recruit in his home. Penny Hardaway also visited that player in his home. So not only is it a thing of, oh, he, not only not only did his assistant coach do it, yeah. but so did he. And they had no idea they were both doing that. Come on, though. This is so dumb. I think it's, I think it's more set. This is my opinion on the rule. I agree that it can be viewed as dumb. But I also think at the same time, this rule is out there to make sure that coaches, you know, don't do this and don't burn out. I can see the intention of this rule, but yet also at the same time, you have to know this rule, Penny. Like, whether it be your <laughs> own fault, you don't know that your assistant coach has also gone out there to visit with this recruit. You should be. You should know what's happening with your recruits and your assistant coaches. Technically, yes, but th- to, this to me is NCA and their just hogwash. How in this new name, image, and likeness era with all kinds of gray that they right. are just all of a sudden allowing to to transpire? Um, Memphis is a mid-major similar to Hawaii and are looking for competitive advantages with bringing guys to their team. I, It's not like he paid for this kid, you know, to get no. a new car or something like that, visited with him and his family in the kid's home. Right, and he didn't know that this was a rule. Th- this, well, sorry, that's, that, that's not a good thing. excuse. It, that's, well, that's not a good excuse. Well, that's, no, it's your that's job. What I'm saying. That's what I'm saying to Penny, because that's why he said that he did it, because he didn't know that that was a rule, to which the NCAA said that's not an excuse not for you problem. to be okay to do that. So that's where I say... I'm kind of with the NCAA on this no. one. It's dumb. It's a dumb rule. But at the same time, you got to know the dumb rules. Because for some reason, Penny Hardaway keeps finding a way to break the rules. I guess, but the three-game the three game suspension to me is like a slap on the wrist. Exactly. It, it shows that the NCAA doesn't even really care about the rule. Well, it's probably because it's his first time doing it and he didn't know the rule. I don't know. So maybe this it's kind dumb. of like, hey, don't do this again, man. You now know the rule. If you keep doing this, then we're going to have to do something more aggressive. I agree with you that the NCAA can be overreaching at some point with some of these kind of rules. But at the same time, you also have to look at the benefit of these kind of rules for the coaches that you know do have to be recruiting 24-7. 365 days of the year by putting a limit on what coaches can do the ncaa is is also trying to say hey man you don't need to recruit these guys that intensely no i I don't Don't think it's for the coaches it's for the kids that's true that too i don't believe it's for the coaches and it with that in mind though what is safer than a kid in his own home well I think it's more of like the burnout for the coach still. I still think that that's a real thing. It's a reason why the transfer windows for football especially, the way that they are placed just doesn't make any sense. 
because it falls directly into the same time as the early signing window. It falls directly at the same time that the football season is over. Oh, by the way, no, it's not over. You now have to go 24-7 recruiting mode all over again, by the way. Mm. So I think there's a lot of issues that go on with the NCAA and trying to find ways to limit ways for coaches to not just kind of like work themselves to death. Yeah. I think there it's not noble per se, but I do think that there are good intentions behind rules like these. For sure. No, I I hear you. I just I personally think that it's dumb and NCA needs to kind of chill out. Right. All right. Uh, on the other side we got Sports Center coming up next. This is off the bench on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 14:20 AM. It's the 4 o'clock traffic rave. ESPN Honolulu <laughs> off the bench. Tanner here with filling in for Josh Pacheco. Uh, the reason why that is, uh, Josh Pacheco along with the sports animals are going to be in Kapahulu for Growlers Hawaii uh, for the really big road show with uh, Craig Angelis, June Jones, and more. Uh, make sure you can find your way down there or listen to us for another hour and we'll take you straight through it like i said tanner hayworth in for josh pacheco alongside hunter hughes and it's really hard to not talk about hawaii football i feel like at this moment of time uh what it's about 66 days in counting till Mm -hmm. the uh trip to vanderbilt and because they had a picture of uh vince monowai just a couple days ago and he was 67 right So, so yeah 66 i believe so with that, there's also a lot of really big recruiting news. I mean, it just feels like every single day we got another recruit. Now, this is more of one of those unconventional recruits that we haven't seen in a little bit. The I'm trying to find his name because it has escaped me. It is. So he is a 6'5", 200-pound forward from Stanislaus State, Travion Williams. He will be making the transition from basketball to football coming out of a community college in California. He'll have three years to play two. Uh, like I said, six, and he's five. coming to Hawaii. Yes. Coming to Hawaii football. Uh, I'm if Iran wants him, they can make that argument. I think all they want. Yeah. But I think what this is, is probably just one of those project kind of guys that you look to probably redshirt the first year. Mm. He's going to be on scholarship, so you can redshirt him this year, and then he'll have the last two years to play his last two years of eligibility. But like I said, a forward, he was actually known for his offensive rebounding, so that's pretty good when it comes to when you think about like route running and trying to get, get around and get through guys. Look, I think this is probably one of those sneaky recruits that you hope will develop in the next couple of years. I'm excited to see what he can do. I mean, Timmy and this coaching staff continues to amaze me just with the effort that's being shown right now. No box can be uh can be unchecked right now. I mean, they're they're grabbing guys from New Zealand who <laughs> uh, we're, we're, we're track athletes that right. haven't played American football before. They're, they're grabbing guys from England. They're, they're going the traditional JUCO route. They're going um, 
the transfer portal route. They're grabbing guys that were um, Mountain West first teamers in Cam Stone um, jumping over here, and he's going to be one of our our um, dependable defensive uh, defensive back guys. And now you've got this kid who was a basketball player, and they're giving him a shot to be an athlete and try to go out there and catch some footballs now. I mean, I say what you will, you know, about winning games. Do we want – how can we ask for <laughs> anything more than this? I mean, they are working tirelessly and leaving no stone unturned trying to make our team better. And that's coming off of a three-win year. You would think when you come off a three-win year, you probably recruiting slows down a little bit. Yeah. Just because his first year of Timmy Chang, what does he do? He signs 30 guys in one day on official signing day. And then he still has more to give out. You think of the um, the Colorado transfer, the uh, Oki Salavea. Uh-huh. He's the athlete that, you know, redshirted last year. Dion had his, like— Mass exodus. Mass exodus. So he was unfortunately one of them. I think he was like the number one quarterback prospect out of like uh, Samoa. Mm. One of the like rare like quarterback like athletes that come out of Samoa. But he's looking to make the move to tight end himself because I think he is also like 6'3", 6'4", something nice, still somewhat athletic. I mean, this is a... I mean, to focus on the tight end room, you have two project guys in Oki Salavea and Travion Williams. You have guys who've been here for a couple of years, like uh, 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 Travis Sims. Yep. Travis Sims has been there for – oh, Landon. Landon Landon Sims Sims. (laughs) has been there for a couple of years. And the uh, Juco player from last year who saw a little bit of action in Grayson Morgan. I think this is probably like a year you're probably not going to see like the numbers like he saw from a Caleb Phillips. But I think there's a couple of guys in these rooms that are going to surprise us. I think of a guy like Devin Tawaefa who made his move from wide receiver to tight end last year. Dude is also like 6'4". So there's obviously like a a archetype that Timmy is trying to mold into this tight end room here. And I think of if there's a guy that you want to see – you look for a guy that Timmy Chang himself coached in a Cole Turner from Nevada when he was the tight ends coach there. I think the guy was like 6'5", you know, 200-something. He's fast. He's big. He can make huge effects on the red zone offense, special teams as well, especially. If you can find a guy that's anywhere close to a guy like Cole Turner, I mean – that's just when you just have a red hot safety blanket going down the middle if you got nothing open for you on the boundaries. That's just yeah. dangerous. And we've been curious what this Timmy Chang era run and shoot is you know exactly going to look like. Right. We saw it, you know, with June Jones and obviously the success there and then Rolo brought it back and Rolo kind of in, incorporated an RPO pistol back um, style, which is whenever I was there and that we didn't really see that before with, with June and they incorporated some other things, mainly, you know, a tight end in right. that, that uh, rendition. And uh, Timmy has said that they're, they're not opposed to using tight ends and signing a kid like this man, a big body like that. It's one of the easiest things in the world for QBs to throw a back shoulder to. And I'm sure they can teach him how to, close the guy out like he's boxing out for a rebound and just exactly. catch the ball. 
Yeah. It's the same move. And these are and look, these guys have been recruiting big tight ends this entire time. I think of the How about uh, Lofton? Yeah, I was gonna say Lofton, who just committed to Miami. We were on his top we five. We were in the top five. And it's he was, unbelievable. It's awesome because you know, it's probably a lot of that Bishop Gorman effect. you have him, Chris Brown, Micah Alejado putting Micah Alejado right now has been like the junior recording coordinator the, the tre- to, uh, like Sav- to Savannah Raya right the, now. <laughs> the player recruiter in the trenches. Yeah. And the trenches being Twitter. Right. And he's – what's it, I think Also, his, that's his teammate. Yeah. So give it a year or two. Miami doesn't work out over there. He could always come back and play with his quarterback. And hey, most likely uh, Miami probably won't work out football-wise. Mm. <laughs> uh, not to say much about uh, Mario Cristobal's uh, program that he's building out there, but there's a lot to still be excited about past those guys. I mean, you still have the offensive tackle that committed a couple of weeks ago, James uh, Milovale, who had a cousin who was formerly part of the Hawaii football uh, roster a couple of years ago, 340 mm. pounds, 6'6" from a community college will also probably uh, compete for that offensive tackle spot that we desperately kind of need to fill right now uh, without uh, losing uh, Ill Manning and Austin Hop from yeah. last year. I just think of the guys for the future. I think of 2024 and just the the influx of local players that just committed over the last two weeks have been Absolutely amazing. You know, Tui Muti and Alika Kavako Amoy from Ponoho. You saw Noah Wiley from St. Louis. You saw, I'm trying to think of, uh, there's another guy, uh, Joshua Tavui from Campbell. Yeah. Those are all guys that have all committed to the University of Hawaii, at least verbally. And there's two more guys that at least had, looked like they had good times on their recruiting trips. And uh, Kuhuku's uh, Filiva'a Saludi, the offensive tackle. And of mm. course, the big name right now. Anelu Lafaele, who was mm-hmm. formerly St. Louis, now Farrington, to play alongside his dad with the governor. So it would be really funny to just kind of see Lafaele come here. Yeah. Look, it's not gonna. I I'm gonna say this right now. I really heavily doubt he's coming here because he has amazing opportunities in schools like the University of Washington. University of Wisconsin, a bunch of other really great programs out there. Uh, we see you on the phone lines now at 808-296-1420. John, how are you doing today? Hey, to talk a little bit of Major League Baseball, uh, I think I called in about a month and a half ago. Cubs fans said I can't stand to watch them anymore. Now, uh, the last, like, three weeks, uh, they're getting, like, a lot more respectable. Uh, <laughs> in fact, uh they the pirates were in first place before they came into Wrigley Field a week ago. Now they're in fourth place. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they beat the uh, the Orioles, which I'm pretty two out of three. Beat the Giants two out of three, and now we got a two day break, and we're going to go play the Evil Empire, which is the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, <laughs> in uh, in London. And I'll tell you what. The Cubs are way better than the Cardinals this year, and they lost two out of three to those guys at Wrigley. I want to see them, like, pound those guys with the whole world watching on Saturday and Sunday. But uh, that's all I got to say. But I, you know what? The Cubs are now two games below 500. My thing this year was I said anything north of 500 I think would be a big step forward for them, and they're just about getting there. So that's all I got to say. Uh, uh, thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> Hey, thanks, John. Thanks, John. It's always nice to hear about John and his cubbies. Bro, my cubbies, too. Your cubbies, too. I forgot a little bit there. Thank you, John. It's always a great excuse to talk about Chicago. 
or just anything going on in that central division. He talks about now only being two games under 500, and they're doing good. The Pirates, who were at one point first place in the NL Central, have now fallen to fourth. And, of course, as we all expected, the fifth place, St. Louis Cardinals. Mm. That is just absolutely funny to see because in that same division, the Cincinnati Reds are in first place. Mm. The Cubs being two games under 500, yeah, that's that's some fun news there. The Cincinnati Reds are in first place by, looks like, what, one or one and a half games, I think, officially, because you usually go by loss, as what I've always been told. Yeah. They're on an 11-game winning streak. Yep. And what seems to be fueled by one Ellie De La Cruz. Mm. This is a guy that I knew about going into the season, and I was really excited to see him play because I always love to see a lot of the uh, young guys. I think of the the catcher from Baltimore, Adley Rushman, who's playing really well. Uh, yep. Corbin Carroll for Arizona has been having an absolutely amazing rookie year. Mm-hmm. I think I can cheat and say Masataka Yoshida, even though he's a 29-year-old <laughs> who's been playing professional baseball for a long time. I think I can include him there. Yeah. But Ellie De La Cruz, man, he's an absolute freak. He's a wonder. He reminds me of um, another guy, O'Neal Cruz, for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Mm. And I just think of those two guys, and I'm thinking, wow, the NL Central has two absolute freaks at shortstop in uh, De La Cruz and Cruz. Mm. Because you saw a couple of weeks ago in his debut, and only his, what, was it his second or his first at-bat? And he just drills one for a home run. Just like, I mean, he's been absolutely stellar the last couple of games for the Reds. And I was watching a couple of days ago, and they had Joey Votto coming back, who I totally forgot was out with injury. I thought he retired. I thought so too. (laughs) And in his second at-bat on his return to the MLB. Dinger. Dinger. And what's at the Great American <laughs> Ballpark. And he was talking about it after the game, and he was saying, when they were asking him, you know, what was going through your mind when you hit that home run? He was saying, you know, before the game, he was with a couple of friends, and they were asking, hey, you think you're going to hit a home run today? And he said, yeah. And so when he hit the home run, he said he was thinking, I was right. <laughs> <laughs> Which I've got to be so real right now the cincinnati reds i think got to be one of the most entertaining or at least one of the biggest like polls right now for the mlb especially as they were kind of going through a little bit of negative pr with the whole oakland athletics situation and rob manfred's comments towards the athletics fans and all that stuff right now the cincinnati reds are kind of pulling through to make sure that people come and still watch the mlb especially Mm. because these guys are still being available on espn plus i was watching their game on espn plus today so that was super convenient that's awesome so i think so far in 2023 this is the most baseball i've ever watched wow like including college baseball because i watched a bunch of uh baseball games as well i am finally excited to say that i am in i am in Finally, it He's took in, me a folks. couple of years, but I'm, in. I'm finally in following a bunch of teams, following the season overall. It's it's pre All Star break, and I'm excited to see what the end of the season is going to be. Love it. It's awesome. I so love this. Good. I, I it's because 
I've been following. And we're the, not even at All Star break. Exactly. Yet. I've been following the NFL, the NBA for so long. I forgot what it felt like to be kind of a baby, kind of watching a lot of these games because there are a lot of guys who I don't know. I'm excited to finally learn about a bunch of these guys. Same, dude. I I'm, <laughs> I feel uninformed, and I am. You and I are probably more informed than most people. Yeah. But there's a a great deal of learning and kind of discovering of a lot of guys in in the majors right now that I have no clue about. All right, so there's a lot to talk about. We're talking a lot about Hawaii football. There's still a lot of really great MLB action going on today. Uh, this is Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. I'm Tanner Hayworth. That's Hunter Hughes. We are in the packs of downtown studios. And we'll be right back after this break on ESPN Honolulu. The bench on ESPN Honolulu. Tanner Hayworth alongside Hunter Hughes. I am filling in for Josh Pacheco. He is at Growlers Hawaii in Kapahulu. You can be down there too for the really big road show. They'll you can meet Craig Angelus, new athletic director for the University of Hawaii. Oh yeah, also this guy. I don't know if you ever heard of him, June Jones. June. Apparently he's this pretty good, uh, pretty big uh, football guy or he's something okay. like that. Yeah. yeah, he's he's done okay stuff from here and there, but yeah, you can go down there, Growlers Hawaii in Kapahulu, and you know, go ahead, talk with them, meet with them, and if you can't make it down there, we got you covered. Just listen from five to seven p.m. on ESPN Honolulu. Now we were talking a little bit about the MLB, and I want to talk about something that I was high on. Some that's something that not a lot of people were uh, looking forward to, and that is the pitch clock. Mm. Now, before the season started, I think it's fair to say that there was a real, like, it felt like a 50-50 divide on whether or not At you least. liked or If not 60-40 against it. True. Now, as I've watched baseball this last couple of, this last year, I've been able to watch games. I think I could comfortably say that. I don't think I've watched a game that's been longer than two hours and 45 minutes this whole year. Maybe a UH baseball game went long. They tend to do that. Um, But I found this crazy stat from uh, Codify Baseball on Twitter. And they have a stat on MLB games lasting three-plus hours per season. Okay. Now, this is from 2003. From about 2003 to 2010, it kind of was like 28% to 38% is the range. Now, in 2011 to about... 2016 there's a quick weird like kind of uprise you see 40 percent all the way up to 54 percent and then in 2017 you see your first 62 percent of games in the mlb season last three plus hours long and then you kind of see a variation of 54 62 54 and then you see 2021 in 2022, be 67% of games, almost seven out of every 10 games yeah. lasted over three hours long. Wow. So can you give me a guess what you think the percentage is, so, is for so far this season? Of being over three? Of over being three hours. Um, Let's say 10%. Well, you were very, uh, you were very optimistic about that. It's actually thirteen percent. Wow! But still, that's I think a major win 
for the MLB. Oh, huge. Because, like I said, this is the first year where I've watched a lot of baseball, and I think I could pretty much attribute that to the pitch clock. Yeah. And now, sure, Garrett Cole doesn't like it what you do, what you do in the box, and sometimes he might throw at your head. Uh, some other pitchers aren't very happy about how long you get, especially. And, I, and I'm sure there's a lot of fixing that you can do with the pitch clock. But I think so far, it's been a massive W for the league in general. Uh, we'll talk about a lot more of uh, the NBA, college football, whatever you want to talk about here on Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM, 1420 AM. You can call us at 808 296 1420 I'm Tanner Hayworth alongside Hunter Hughes. I mean, we got so much to talk about in these last 30 minutes before the really big road show. It's really hard to get it in in these last 30 minutes, but we'll be right back after Sports Center on ESPN Honolulu. This is Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. Tanner Hayworth alongside Hunter Hughes in the downtown Paxa Studios. We're having a lot of fun over here. Um, although our fun has been a little bit stifled, I think it's fair to say. Uh, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, uh, the three-team uh, trade that would include Boston getting Kristaps Porzingis and all that good stuff. Yeah, it's off. They walked away. There you go. It's, it's not happening. And it's probably, what's it called, not going to just come back alive. Unfortunately, the sides have moved on. That's I, when, when I read that, I was like, ah, the big trade today can't just be the Denver Nuggets getting like three second round picks. It basically. had to have been Washington going, okay, why are we doing this? Or it could have just been Kristaps being like, they, or they just can't figure out the contract. It's $36 million. Yeah. So I really just don't know how you're supposed to work that out, especially between three teams. Yeah. That's especially going to be a little bit rough. So that's a little bit sad, but it does get you thinking on, okay, if that's not happening, are there other trades out there that we that we've been hearing for the last couple of days? Are those real talks? You think about the Portland Trailblazers. They've talked about, you know, they've finally – have pulled a Damian Lillard on Damian Lillard. They said, <laughs> hey, we're loyal to you, Dame. They wave at him. Yeah. So they have their choice of what they want to do with that third overall pick because Damian Lillard has says, hey, I don't want to be a part of another rebuild. Mm. I want to win. I want to go ahead and win championships. And, hey, if you surround Damian Lillard with good players, he could get to the Western Conference Finals. I'm not sure if he can get over that hump. He still hasn't proven that. But I feel like with that third overall pick, you could definitely find ways to make your team strong enough to get to those Western Conference Finals. And there, I think the one I've heard the most has been the Trailblazers preferring Zion Williamson over a Brandon Ingram in a trade to the New Orleans Pelicans. That's the trade that I've heard the most. And honestly, if I'm thinking about a trade in the NBA that feels so like sure fire it's like the trailblazers trading for zion for zion because mm. it's kind of a win-win for both franchises zion kind of gets a restart on his career 
who, you know, when he's healthy, he averages 27 a game. That's right. He's one of the better post players in the NBA. Certainly one of the better athletes. And the New Orleans Pelicans replaced their, what they thought was going to be their future franchise, their all-star, with a guy like maybe a Scoot Henderson, mm-hmm. who is heavily uh, predicted to be that third overall pick because a lot of people expect Brandon Miller to be the pick for the Charlotte Hornets at number two overall. So if I'm the Trailblazers, you're kind of waiting until draft night. You're kind of waiting until that second pick is made to when people can say, okay, I'm for sure getting Brandon Miller or, okay, I'm for sure getting Scoot Henderson. Because I feel like out there, there are teams that definitely prefer one over the other. Because if I had a choice, I think all day I would pick Scoot Henderson over Brandon Miller. Because – Look, like you said, he's kind of that one-year guy out of Alabama. I think there's a lot of worries, especially around probably his character. I mean, he might not have done, like, a criminal activity. But like we've seen with John Morant in the last year, it's who you surround yourself with. You're still involved in some capacity. Exactly. Um, So that's, I think, a scary thing if you're an NBA franchise. I'm wondering if basketball draft is anything like the NFL draft where – in the action that comes with the draft, it almost pushes front offices to try to make things happen. Yeah, and I mean, we just saw that three-team trade almost go down. There we go, and the draft is tomorrow. Yeah. So people are looking to make some moves right now, and really, if I'm a an owner, I'm thinking, what moves help us beat the Nuggets? Right. Because they are the standard. And if we can beat the Nuggets, we have a chance at a championship. When I think about the teams in the West that can contend, and I think about the teams that can do something in the NBA draft, I think about teams like the Lakers. I think about teams Mm. like the Clippers or the Golden State Warriors. I'm going to focus a little bit on the Warriors here because they're kind of in this weird limbo world. Draymond Green has declined his player option. What that means, not much. He could come back for a more a a more favorable deal where he's not being paid twenty seven million dollars a year. But right now he's a free agent. But right now he's a free agent, and you then see like def- then you also see players like Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody. They're not necessarily working out like you want them to. You've mm. already traded away James Wiseman which was definitely a choice to make. I can't remember what they got back from the Pistons from that trade, but if I'm the Golden State Warriors, wouldn't I feel like I would try to be packaging a couple of players to try to find another teammate for Steph because right now yep. Clay is definitely on the decline. Jordan Poole still has yet to pro- still has yet to prove that he's worth the deal that he's on. Get rid of Poole. That's what I want. That's what I. That's an idea that I've had as well. That you trade away pool because if you want to trade for a bigger all-star player, yep. you kind of need the contract to match. And fortunately, they have a guy like Jordan Poole to help you match that. And I mean, hey, you could probably like just be like, hey, Washington Wizards, now you want to get rid of your Kristaps guy? Yeah. Want this kid from Michigan that we found? Yeah. <laughs> and Draymond's on the the down. The downward slide of his career right now. Right, um, he's just a distraction. If you ask me, I if 
Although, is he a distraction without Jordan Poole on the team? <laughs> yes. Yes. Him uh, kicking that guy in the Sacramento series had nothing to do with Jordan Poole. Yeah. I was gonna, I was mostly going about when he punched Jordan Poole before the season started. No, I, I know. Just We can't give him any sort of cop-out. I mean, sure. Dr- Draymond is a... Is just a distraction at this point. So, what do you think is the priority here for the Golden State Warriors? Do you just kind of stay put and you hope guys develop? Or are you going to be out there and aggressive? Because, like you said, even though, yeah, you get rid of the distraction of Draymond Green, that is still probably, I think it's fair to say, your best defensive player is now gone. Hmm. At least, what's it called? At least in the head. If Draymond doesn't return. Yeah, if he's not there. If Draymond is like goes to the Lakers because he loves LeBron so much, I mean, he's already... That's in, not going to work. He's in France with LeBron right now. Yeah. <laughs> so if, if if that happens, if because it's been out there in the world for so long, if you're Golden State, what do you do next? Is it a time to blow up or is it a time to... Try to find a way to rebuild with the tools that you have on you right now. It's a really hard task for uh, the new GM. Uh, is it Mike Dunleavy? Mm-hmm. So, I think so, yeah, I I think you have to weigh the value that you still perceive Steph Curry having. Right. Um, he's the closest thing that we have to must-watch television in the in the NBA, and there are guys that want to come and play with Steph. So. I think if you know I'm the Golden State Warriors, I'm looking to use some of that strategic advantage in getting some guys here, even if it means getting some guys there on the cheap. Right. I think they would be willing to come because that that nucleus is so trusted and it's so strong. With you know, and the other thing too, Josh talks about this at length is you know, is it time for Steve Kerr mm. to be done? There, there have been, you know, thoughts along along that nature, and I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a hard thing to try, try and put an answer to. Like, you know, I, I think most immediately of the the last dance with the Chicago Bulls, where they probably could have come back and competed again in 1999, but weren't afforded that opportunity because management said, "Hey, whether we win a championship or not, this is the last year." I think when I think about the Golden State Warriors and when they made their title run two years ago, I think that's what they were missing from last year. They had a lot of guys that were huge contributors off the bench. Mm. I think of a Gary Payton II who did come back halfway through the year through that trade with Portland. Yeah, But I think one piece that not a lot of people talk about is Otto Porter Jr., Otto mm. Porter Jr. for that finals team, he was automatic from three. He could play the three, four, and five yeah, that's true. for the Golden State Warriors, and they just didn't really have someone to replace him. I think they kind of wanted to see a lot of development come from a guy like um, Jonathan Kamenga, and it just never really worked out. So I think there's still a way for this Golden State Warriors team to kind of return to the you know to the Western Conference Finals with mm. Steph even with Clay and Andrew Wiggins and Kevon Looney it's just that 
there was something like totally missing from that team when they got Gary Payton the second back. I was relieved because they just lost so much defense. Yeah, and getting him back was huge. I think if Jordan Poole and Wiggins both you know can find their offensive rhythms, then I think that team can make it back. It's really gonna rely on what the moves that they need to make are this offseason, whether it be signing a couple of guys here and there. I mean, there's a lot of really great quality free agents out there that aren't necessarily all-stars, that aren't superstars. You think of guys like uh, Max Struess. Yeah. You think of a guy's... Um, now I'm just trying to think of free agents off the top of my head, which usually never really works out for me in my favor. <laughs> but I think a guy like a Max Struess, where you have a three-point shooter, a guy that can be kind of a little feisty on the defensive side because he proved it on Eric Spolster's team that he can just kind of run around to kind of just be a little kind of like how all those three-point shooters are for the Miami Heat. They should have been playing Robinson in front of Struess, yeah. if you ask well, me. He, I, Struess got cold. No, he, Robinson was oh, coming yeah. off the bench. You're right. Um, Struess, they needed more bucket help, right. and it, it was not coming from Struess. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm not sure. Uh, how much stock do you put in, speaking of heat, Edebayo being dealt to Portland? See, that's something that intrigued me. My issue with that is I just don't know what that would do for the heat. Mm. Like, they just went to the finals. They've been to the finals twice with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. And I don't think the issue is with Bam Adebayo because I think in both finals runs, he actually played fairly well. He did everything that he had to do. He was just playing against two stellar big men in a healthy Anthony Davis, which almost no one can guard, and Nikola Jokic, which no one. Can guard. Yep. You can all, I guess, except for like Dwight Howard in the NBA bubble. He did a pretty good job of defending him. Yep. But other than like bubble Dwight Howard, <laughs> he's unguardable. I think Bam is still very important for that team because he does more than just score. He plays pretty solid perimeter defense as a, a smaller center. He passes really well. He's kind of like a mini Jokic kind mm-hmm. of on offense. And I think you still need a Jimmy Butler. Their issue is they just need, like, just one more guy. And I don't think by removing a guy like Bam Adebayo, you're going to find your answer. I think the main issue is they just have two or three guys that I'm just not sure about that have filled up so much of the salary cap. I think of a guy like Duncan Robinson, who doesn't really do a lot for you in the regular season, and then he might pop off in the playoffs, which he Mm -hmm. did do, and he was playing very well. I think of a guy like Tyler Hero, who's going to be demanding a lot of money. You know, sixth man of the year, was amazing in the bubble, hasn't really proved to be that same guy as he was in the bubble. And Kyle Lowry, who's like being paid $30 million a year to come off the bench. Uh, Because Gabe Vincent is a better starting point guard than him, who is also a free agent. So you have three guys that command slash will command a hefty part of the salary cap. And I think if I'm looking to move someone to find the Miami Heat, I'm looking at Tyler Hero. I'm looking at Kyle and Kyle Lowry. I'm looking Mm -hmm. at those two guys because you have a talent and then you also have salary cap, which you could put together to get one really talented guy who has a big contract. Maybe it's a sign and trade with the Celtics to get like Jalen Brown or something. I'm sure they will never do that because they're rivals in the Eastern Conference. Or a Damian Lillard. 
Damian Lillard was someone that they've been like pretty much trying to go after all off season so far. I mean, even using Bam out of bio as a recipe, I just don't see that happening. I just see that as realistic for the Miami Heat to stay as contenders. Sure. Because what you have Jimmy Butler and Damian Lillard, and then Cody Zeller is your center. You'll get Udonis Haslam to come out of retirement to be your uh, center again. I just don't see that happening for the Miami Heat. Me neither. Uh, this is Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. We are just 13 minutes away from the really big road show at Growler's Hawaii in Kapahulu. Uh, great menu. Great. There was it 100 beers on tap? Something crazy like that. You can go ahead and try to make that a challenge somewhere. I have no idea how you're going to make it a challenge. <laughs> I think the challenge would be trying to get home. <laughs> I think that if you went down the line, which have you seen that? The, the lineup. Crazy. I think the challenge would be staying alive <laughs> if you really tried to take down the whole line. Right. And talking about a good lineup, uh, you have Craig Angelus, new UH athletic director down at the Really Big Road Show, alongside legendary UH football head coach June Jones. June. Go down there. Meet with them. They're out at Growler's Hawaii in Kapahulu, and that's the Really Big Road Show coming up in about 12 minutes here on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 14.20 AM. Off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. Now, I know we just said in the last segment how sad we were about the uh, Washington Wizards, Boston Celtics, LA Clippers trade to send Kristaps Porzingis to the Celtics. Adrian Wojnarowski announced, oh, the sides have walked away. It's not going to happen. There's a lot of sadness. Adrian Wojnarowski is now reporting that the Wizards are still working on ways to get Kristaps Porzingis to the Celtics in an opt-in and trade scenario, but it will not be in a three-way with the Clippers. Porzingis will still have the ability to decline his $36 million player option and become a free agent, but right now the sides are working under a midnight Eastern time deadline (laughs) on Porzingis' $36 million playing option. Wow. Uh, Because I think that deadline is probably either today or the – I think it's today. So they're trying to see if he accepts that, then the trade is probably happening. Yeah. If he declines it, it's not happening because he's not a restricted free agent. So, uh, but is Woj playing ping pong right now? I think people are playing ping pong with him. I I, I think he is unwillingly playing ping pong right now. That's what I'm getting. <laughs> but it's definitely a lot of movement going on. I am now back to being excited for this trade to happen. Yeah. But it all kind of depends on whether or not that is the team that. Kristaps Porzingis wants to go to because if you think about it, the last two teams he's, I think, has been every single team he's been to, he's been traded to. Mm. Was he traded to the Dallas Mavericks? Uh, he, I believe he came in as a New York Nick, right? Wasn't he? And then from the Knicks to the Mavs, the from Mavs the Mavs to the Wizards, to the Wizards, and now. We'll see. Wizards to the Celtics? Which, to be fair, if you had to put all four teams together, 
if you're a player, you'd probably be like, yeah, I'd love to play for the Celtics more than any of these other three teams. Please get me out of these dysfunctional teams, please. Because when you think about the Knicks and the Mavericks, you think about overreaching owners, you think about the Wizards, and you don't really think much about the Washington Wizards. This is pretty much just barren desert, I think, that goes on uh, in those fans' yeah. head. But yeah, a lot of really just interesting stuff happening right now in the NBA as we go into our um, final thoughts here. And if I had to have a final thought here, uh, it would be, hey, don't look a gift horse in the mouth here. If Kristaps Porzingis is going to be a Boston Celtic, mm. And if I only really I'm going to lose Malcolm Brogdon and maybe like a few other role players here and there, I am going to open my arms and forget about all the mean and things that I've criticized about Kristaps uh, Rzingis in the past. I'm going to be excited to see him play as a Boston Celtic because that is someone who we need on offense, maybe a little bit on defense as well as a seven-footer. And Doesn't I think... Hurt. Look, and I think if Kristaps comes there and they find a way to uh, meld him into the offense and meld him into the defense, I'll say it. I think the Boston Celtics can go to the NBA Finals. Wow. Wow. Isn't that a thing I say every single year? (laughs) We know know they can go. They can, and they almost did this year. But can they win it? They have no problem with being in contention. They just can't close the close the door. I will comfortably say that they will go. Mm. I'm going to hold you to that, Tan Man. <laughs> I'll uh, jump in with uh, with my final words for the day. We've got about a minute left here. Um, Florida beating TCU, eliminating them, and sending themselves subsequently to the College World Series championship off of one of the most spectacular catches in the moment. That you will see their center fielder. I'm uh, not able to find his name at the moment, but ran full speed, caught the ball as he was colliding into center field wall to send them to the championship. Just awesome. And also a really great run for Florida as well. As they kind of went in on basically three straight walk-offs. Yeah. Was it like three straight wins with only one run of a true. deficit. So awesome run so far for the Florida Gators. I mean, they're really shown off how great of a, Baseball school, much better baseball school than they are a football school. Yeah, for real. They're <laughs> waiting to see the uh, elimination game between Wake Forest and LSU, who will be their uh, their ultimate contender in the championship. Right. And that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. There's a lot of waiting going on. Well, hey, what's nice is you guys don't have to wait any longer for the really big road show it's down here. at Growlers Hawaii and Kapahulu. Uh, we'll be after this ad break and Sports Center. We'll take you straight down there with Josh Pacheco, the sports animals. Be excited. Thank you for having us. This is Tanner Hayworth and Hunter Hughes signing off. Thank you very much on ESPN Honolulu. <laughs>